Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And then there were four, and what a four. The Champions League semifinal stage is here, and it's the Premier League and La Liga who take center stage. Pep Guardiola's Man City, arguably the best team in the world, who despite an embarrassment of riches and domestic glory, still ache for their first ever UCL trophy against Real Madrid the most successful club in the history of this competition. It's been a while since they've won this tournament, but with the league title almost done and dusted, Carlo Ancelotti's side can fully focus on Europe. Speaking of Europe, how about Unai Emery and his magic? His Villarreal, with no major superstars, have done the incredible and made it to the final four. But now El Submarino Amarillo submerges in its most turbulent waters. Anfield and the mighty Liverpool. Ooh, baby. We got Europa League and Conference League semifinals as well. James Bench is in the house. Giggle Lasso Champions League semifinals preview begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Giggle Lasso. Giggle Lasso pod on Twitter. YouTube.com forward slash Giggle Lasso. James Bench. It's just me and you today, James Bench. How are you, sir? I'm I'm great. How are you? Fresh from your holiday around España, I believe. I am. I'm, I'm very good. I'm rested. I, I've gained a lot of weight. I'm going to try and lose it by talking, but it's been great. Thank you. So it's good to be back. I love it. I missed you, all you guys. And what a great way to return to do Champions League preview with you, JB. Are you excited for these games or what? I, I am absolutely buzzing. Uh, I, I think we've got the sort of, I, I said this kind of when when we got to the, when we wrapped up the quarterfinals, I think we've got the sort of perfect quartet here. We've got the two best teams in Europe who happens to play in England. We've got the ultimate Champions League European Cup team. And then we've got one complete outsider. Um, I should say that Real Madrid are the ultimate. And, you know, I mean, I know Unai Emery's good, but he's, yeah. Yeah, let's just remind everybody. (laughs) A very good point, though. I totally agree. The narrative is set. I feel like it's, you know, a movie right now where you have obviously the two Goliaths on one side. You have, as you mentioned, the most successful team in European competition, of course, in Real Madrid. And then you have this underdog, this sort of Peter Parker out of all these Marvel superheroes trying to cause some mayhem uh, in Villarreal. It's absolutely amazing. Did you expect, just before we get into it, and everybody, we're going to have Europa League, we're going to have Conference League, but did you expect, James, as we saw this, to have these four? I think three of the four, 100%. Nobody can be too shocked perhaps i mean real madrid i think really given the fact of how they enter the knockout stage is a little more surprising but still they're real madrid but via real james bench amazing yeah i mean via real none of us saw coming i didn't really see real madrid either and i think and we come on to talk about this a little bit more i think if you look over the course of both ties you know i think both chelsea and paris saint-germain would, would say we were the better team we just got done by the better players in moments but um, I mean, certainly, let's you know. Ever since the quarterfinal draw was made, we've all thought this is heading in one direction. Uh, Man City against Liverpool 
in Paris. And I think we all still think that, don't we? I mean, it's it, it feels inevitable. I Yeah, we'll come to talk about the, the game specifically, but I think everyone, we all think, don't we, that it's, it's going to be an all-English final. Um, yeah. It should be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, we you know we mentioned how it's, this is kind of like a movie, and a movie in many ways always has its predicted ending. And we do think that Man City and Liverpool should make it. However, nobody expected Villarreal here, so nobody can truly 100% say that it's going to happen. But Man City and Liverpool clearly are the pedigree of European competition. And then you have obviously the experience, Karim Benzema, of course, because you give him one chance and it's all over. But I, I agree, and of course, Liverpool going for that historic quadruple as well, James Baines. That's going to be weighing on on everybody's mind, especially Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I think the closer it gets, the more that Liverpool are going to allow themselves to dream, aren't they? I think especially because it's, you know, it's one up on Manchester United. They'd match, I believe, the or they better the the number of titles. Like someone will need to correct me on which one of those it is. But, you know, the fact that it, you, you come, it comes with the Premier League title, it would be magnificent. And um, I think, you know, they are still outsiders for the quadruple. Obviously, I, I think they may well have two trophies in the bag. It's, but it, it does feel like this relentless momentum between the two English sides in particular. And, you know, we've got to, uh, especially, you know, those of us based out in England, have got to be very conscious of not treating these semifinals as a foregone conclusion, not throwing everything into this narrative of, of City and Liverpool equally, you know. These two teams are so much better than anyone else. And yeah. if everything goes to plan, we will have City going for the, the league and European double, which is an amazing, would be an amazing achievement. Or they might be. We don't know, I guess. Uh, and we may have Liverpool fighting for a quadruple. Who knows? Yeah, well, it all goes to plan to for Premier League followers. But if La Liga has anything to say about it, maybe a Submarino and Maria will continue. Maybe Real Madrid will begin to remember why they are Real Madrid in the first place. I was in Spain last week, and I'm telling you, like, it's funny. Just like, you know, an Everton fan, they're not rooting for Liverpool here, 100%. I, there's also a lot of Spanish-based fans as well that are like, look, Unai Emery, thank you, you've come this far with Villarreal, but no, I think it's it's Liverpool uh, all dusted, and maybe Man City will take care of business. But everybody has a story. Man City looking for the first-ever Champions League trophy. We've mentioned the quadruple from Liverpool. Villarreal ready to make even more history. And, of course, Real Madrid ready to continue it. But let's begin, James Bench, uh, by actually... You can watch all of this, of course, on Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. We have content on CBS Sports HQ, Paramount Plus, of course, our studio coverage as well as social and on site. And my friend, you are all over England this week. Yes, I have to say thank you so much to you, Afa. I very much appreciate that you have managed to have the first leg in Manchester and then the following day, the second in Liverpool. Just for, for those you, of us yeah. based in London, it is at least like kind of easing down that journey time a little bit that I can just do both legs in a couple of days. What a feast of football. And, you know, we'll come to talk about the Europa League as well, wrapping it up at the London Stadium. But yeah, Etihad, Anfield, London Stadium, I know I'm in for a, a fun week, a, a tiring week. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, you know, it's what you kind of get into the job for, to be at the Champions League semifinals. I guess I'm just jealous of JJ. He'll presumably, based out in Paris, he'll be uh, on hand for whichever teams make it that far. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's ended up this way, but, you know, what a feast of football for those of us that get to uh, dash around England. And um, I was saying to you, LME, as well, I've even managed to get my train tickets for 
what by English standards is an absolute pittance at £14 back from Liverpool. So I'm feeling very smug uh, and I will be that will be reflected in my writing over the next few days. I love it. And it's an absolute bargain. You're not going to the Old Firm Derby, though, are you? You're not going all the way to Scotland for that one. Nope. That, that's at the weekend, isn't it? West Ham Arsenal, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And we're going to hopefully have you, by the way, for that. So be ready for that. But yeah, it's too much. It's too much. But let's focus on the Champions League. Safe travels, my friend. But let's talk about the games. Let's begin with Man City against uh, Real Madrid. That's a Tuesday game, of course. Now this, I mean, any way you look at it, James Bench, obviously from a headlining perspective, it's just, you know, star-wise, Karim Benzema, of course, Luka Modric, etc., then you have the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, you know, even Ederson, such a great goalkeeper, but it's just everywhere. But the facts remain, Real Madrid haven't won any of their previous three trips to face Man City in European competition. They've drawn two, lost one, with the most recent uh, two also coming in the knockout stages of the Champions League. That was back in 2015-2016. Pep Guardiola should feel confident. He's eliminated Real Madrid from the knockout stages on two previous occasions as well. But this is Carlo Ancelotti, the player whisperer, as Jimmy Conrad likes to say, and Karim Benzema, you give him an inch, he will take a mile and then some. How do you see this game? It should be a great one to kick everything off in the Champions League as Pep Guardiola faces Carlo Ancelotti. It's definitely going to be a great one. And I know we talk about this a lot in, in Europe, but I'm intrigued. What adaptations does Pep make to take on uh, to take on Real Madrid? And especially that front two. I don't, I mean... Obviously, Luka Modric and, Modric and Tony Cruz, we know, are absolutely world-class midfielders, even if they're, you know, approaching their post-primal. In Modric's case, they're in it. It's just he's still fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think he will kind of feel like in midfield he has the legs to deal with things. My question is, that, you know, the, the two that front two, with, with Benzema, we know all about it. We have to say this is a hot streak of almighty proportions. 12 goals in the Champions League from just over six expected goals. And we kind of have to remember that when he scores a goal like the goals like those two brilliant headers he scored against Chelsea, the whole the reason it is shocks and amazes you know everyone in the stadium, everyone watching around the world is even by the standards he set, that is remarkable. And that's kind of when we talk about expected goals, I think that's like a good way to think about it. Like he's not even at, even at full tilt, he's not going to keep scoring these fantastic goals that he does because it's just that's not possible. That's not what we expect from footballers. And I wonder if Benzema may come down to earth a little bit. One of the things that's really noticeable is he's been finding so much space in the Champions League in those pockets between the midfield and the defence, which in Chelsea's case, you know, the, he was too far back for Jorginho and too far forward for Thiago Silva. I think City will find that a little bit easier to deal with. Rodri will be there. And actually, quite often, they, they kind of move to a 4-2-3-1. And you might have Bernardo or Ilkay Gundogan. In there, the big one for me, and I think we'll talk about Madrid's injuries because they have them as well, but is how do they, how does City protect their right flank? No Joao Cancelo, uh, Kyle Walker, we believe is a doubt. John Stones is a doubt as well. So I actually don't, you know, Pep was sort of saying in his in his uh, post-match press conference after Watford, you know, if we have to play Gabriel Jesus at right back, we play Gabriel Jesus at right back. Well, yeah, and I'm sure he'd give it his all, but Vinicius Jr. is... When he gets when he gets a matchup he likes, he is devastating. We saw that against Christensen in the first leg of the quarterfinals. For me, that could be the spot where Madrid win the tie is if they can exploit Vinicius, especially in this first leg against whether it's an ailing Kyle Walker or whoever else. City have to put a right back. 
Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up Vinicius Jr. Obviously, we know what Karim Benzema can offer the second in Champions League top goal. Goring stars only one behind Robert Lewandowski. He leads in shots as well in the Champions League with 39 as well. I mean, needless to say, that depends on how much Man City allows him. But Vinicius Jr., I mean, I'm reading some stats here. He leads the Champs League with 390 attacking third touches, 84 touches inside the opponent's box, 26 touches created. He's tied for more for the competition lead with six assists. That's with uh, Sané and Bruno Fernandes. So, you know, obviously he keeps on rolling. And to your point, it's about the matchup. And Cancelo not being here worries me a little bit. So what, what do you think is the sort of off-the-ball solution for Man City. I know that you said, you know, jokingly, if Gabriel Jesus needs to play at that side, he will do it. But obviously, I don't see that happening. What do you think is going to happen? Is it a Sinchenko switch? Is it really just a, a focal point on all the centre-backs that Pep Guardiola has at his advantage? What do you think? Yeah, so I guess if we take it, like, obviously, if Walker is even sort of 60%, you play Kyle Walker. And mm. I, I think he is the most chronically underrated player in in the left in the Champions League. I'm just going through our our rankings um on cbsports.com that our writers did the top 50 players in the Champions League. He's 30th. I can't remember where I put him. I'm certain it would be a lot higher than that because I don't think there are many recovery defenders better than Kyle Walker. Even anyway, at his age, yeah. <laughs> uh, if he's not fit and Stones isn't fit too, uh, you're right. Probably you you shuffle Zinchenko across, but this is Pep, isn't it? It's Pep with a weakness, thinking a lot about Real Madrid's attack. I wonder if he's is he tempted to move a midfielder there? Let's say, I mean, I think it would be like a, a Gundogan. Mm. There's not a huge number of or Fernandinho. He's too slow. Maybe I I have no idea, and I think that's the intriguing part of it. I mean, like Zach Stefan, that's the sort of <laughs> level I'm thinking of like what Pep might yeah. do. The, the biggest thing that you have to do against Vinicius Jr. is you're not going to be quicker than him on the ball. You just have to be good from a reacting perspective and you can't have a Fernandinho. You can't have a, with all John due respect Jones. to anybody else, a heavy footed person, right? You need, I think Gundogan's not a horrific idea. It's just somebody that can really sort of keep up because if he takes you on, like Christensen, who's a very well-cultured defender, was showing up more than once. So that would be a massive focus. Where else do you see the issues for Man City before we move on to Real Madrid? Because they have their own issues as well. Ooh, issues less so. I don't think, I mean, there aren't many. I yeah, think on kind the of ball, obviously... I guess, on the ball with Man City, where would you see, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne will be a factor, but I'm imagining... You know, uh, Ancelotti will have a few cards up his sleeve to cover him, but the plethora of attacking options, Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, of course, Bernardo Silva. I mean, I could go on. What What do you think Guardiola is thinking? He can't overthink once again, surely. Well, I mean, he certainly can. Um, <laughs> I, I'm i intrigued. Well, I mean, I think the, the one thing that, that maybe I really like for City is the way Kevin De Bruyne is playing at the moment. I mean, he keeps... Not necessarily adding, but we see these sort of different shades of De Bruyne. And maybe sort of last year he was really playing, especially in the Champions League, he was he was a sort of false nine. Or even false nine is the wrong word. He was sort of like a playmaking target man. Mm. You know, the ball would kind of bounce around from him. He would be the most advanced. Now we're seeing... It's Yaya Toure-esque what he's been doing in recent weeks where he picks the ball up on the turn, 
and is dribbling. And I think that's really encouraging for a player who obviously has had ankle injuries and other sort of issues in recent months. But that dynamism, that ability to beat players through the middle, that is something that I don't think Madrid have faced so far in the knockout stages. You know, normally you'd have thought Kante would have done that, but he was so off form. Um, And, you know, famously PSG don't have a midfield. Yeah, and to your point, just quickly to add there, James Bench, Casemiro is not playing in this one as well. So there's a hole there. Does Valverde go in there? What, What happens in that midfield? Yeah, that I have I have no answer to that because Valverde I really like kind of having on the I think he's been really good on the right as a sort of you know pleasing so Madrid can, yeah. Yeah. can flick between a sort of four three three and a diamond and anything he's so versatile I mean he would be a good sitting midfielder but I, I don't, does he have the sort of natural instincts to do it even next to a Cruz that you know Casemiro does Camavinga probably too young um, uh, you know. He, Carlo Ancelotti always gives him minutes off the bench in big Champions League games. I wouldn't trust him to be a sitter. Like, if you want to try and maybe, you know, push, win the ball higher up the pitch, use a Camavinga. But, you know, he is not ready, and he will be one day, but he is not ready to hold the fort against City. So, Hag, I mean, the other one, you know, that you would say is possibly you can use a, a David Alaba, but. David Alves might not be fit either. so Which is a know, massive loss. Um, in, in he's that. been great of late from what Yeah, I've absolutely. And by the way, if we take so, any note from what Real Madrid this past weekend, by beating Osasuna, they, they started Camavinga, Valverde, Ceballos in midfield. Karim Benzema played the whole game because, you know, why not? And then Tony Cruz, Vinny Jr., Vinicius Jr., Isco, etc., joined in later on. So you can clearly see that there's going to be, you know, a lot of attention for this one, but with Casemiro not available, I would say that's the biggest ab- uh, obstacle for, for Real Madrid. Final thought before we move into the other game, because by the way, James Bench, we haven't even mentioned Raheem Sterling, who's net at 24 goals for Man City in the Champions League. And by the way, if he scores in this game, he overtakes Paul goals, who has 24, and would only trail Wayne Rooney, only uh, who leads with 30 as well. Raheem Sterling could be a, a major issue for, major factor for Man City and an issue for Real Madrid. But final thoughts in this game before we move on to the next one, my friend. Yeah, I think, look, in the end, City's quality tells. Across the pitch, they're just better. And especially, you know, you're mentioning Sterling, but there's an argument he doesn't even get on the pitch. So I kind of, I have this down as a 2-0 win. Um, You might be hearing the words 2-0 from me a lot when it comes to predictions, but uh, I just think City are going to, can boss this game and ease to a win. Yeah, well, let's remember that even though Real Madrid are in this situation, they were losing 3 nothing to Chelsea in the second leg at the Bernabeu. So they are susceptible to letting you to score. And now that Man City, clearly a better team than Chelsea at this point, can do a lot of damage. I'm going to I'm gonna say 2 as well for Man City, but I'm going to give uh, Madrid a goal here. I'm going to say it's 2-1 to Manchester City. And the continuous run of Pep Guardiola beating or at least Man City beating Real Madrid at home will continue, I think. All right, let's move on because there's another one. Then, you know, James Bench takes another train and he goes over to Liverpool as Liverpool host Villarreal. Unbelievable stuff here. We've already talked about, obviously, you know, Villarreal situation, how they defeated Bayern Munich 2-1 on aggregate. Liverpool defeating Benfica 6-4, so that was easy for them in their standards. But Liverpool and Villarreal have met just twice before in European competition with both sides winning 
their home leg of 2015-2016, and then Liverpool would go on to progress in the final against Unai Emery's Sevilla. So that's interesting. Oh, the League. Yeah. So, you know, they have faced each other, at least the managers, at least this situation. Uh, you know, so that's an interesting one. But since a 2-1 victory in Merseyside over Everton back in 2005, Villarreal haven't managed to win in the last eight league away games in England. So similar themes here. Talk to me, James Bench. Liverpool against Villarreal. What a story. Right. So we we should start by say, reminding ourselves of what we said uh, in the round of 16, which was, yeah, I mean, obviously Villarreal, you know, they, they held out against Atlanta, but they can't do it against Juventus. And then the quarterfinals, oh, well, they held out against Juventus, but they can't do it against Bayern Munich. Um, having said that, yeah, they held out against Bayern Munich, but they can't do it against Liverpool. And I actually am am pretty confident in that. So one thing I want, oh, you know that I come on this podcast a lot and I tell you that teams that are predominantly defensive are not going to last. I said it all the time about Benfica and they made me look stupid eventually. But then, you know, they got their, they got their just desserts for playing defensive football. But Unai Emery's team are really, really, really good at defending. And we, we don't say that a lot. Like Benfica were not, they just had a great goalkeeper. But to give you an example here, in the away leg of the the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinal against Bayern Munich, they're holding a one goal lead against what we would say is one of the best attacks in Europe. They gave up eight shots in the first half worth 0.38 expected goals. They can bunker in and make life really, really difficult for it offensive teams force them into taking bad shots and then you know players like Dan Juma on the counter-attack those sorts of attackers you know they they can pose difficulties so I think it will be tough for Liverpool but here's the thing I see as being different with the Bayern Munich game Bayern had Serge Gnabry on the bench uh Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting and yeah. Alfonso Davies, who obviously is not yet the player he was after all his difficulties. Liverpool are going to have an amazing front three on the bench, at least one top quality midfielder, a top quality centre-back as well. They can win this tie on the from the bench. You know, we just saw that at the weekend, Divock Origi. I think if, if things are going really badly, you just say to Divock Origi, hey, that's Everton, they're just playing in yellow. Or you say, you know, or you trust kind of Jordan Henderson, whoever it is, Roberto Firmino, to win the tie um, off the bench. That for me is the difficulty. I think I can see VRL holding out for a long time, but ultimately, Liverpool have an ability to to swing this off the bench that even Bayern didn't have. That's yeah, kind of how I, I see I'm this. very interested to see what Unai Emery is thinking here. Obviously, conventional wisdom and what we saw against Bayern Munich, as you said, will probably tell us that he's going to be focusing on being very smart of the ball, nothing silly, conventional. But in the end, to your point, you know, a storm will come. A storm will arrive. And at some point, with the likes of Mohamed Salah, of course, Diogo Jota, Sadio Mane, Lucho Diaz, you know, Bobby Firmino, there's just too much for them to do it. So I'm wondering if Unai says at some point, you know what, let's fight fire with fire and really just use... The athleticism of this the likes. Of, Emery, which, uh, yeah, I know, which is troubling me. But he's never been in this situation, though. That's what that's what makes me re rethink that. Obviously, he knows what it's like to be in Europe. It's just it's too much of a of a hard handle to figure out. All right, well, listen. I mean, we talked about those trios then, but I think from Villarreal's perspective, Dani Parejo, who's by the way one of the most creative players in the Champions League this season, 
He needs to be stopped from a Liverpool perspective. But how does a Villarreal, because they just faced Bayern Munich, so they kind of know how to deal with great fullbacks. But now we're talking about Andy Robertson, who scored this past weekend, who can do his thing. And clearly, to me, the best right back in the world in Trent Alexander-Arnold. Like, what do you do there? Because Liverpool have so many more weapons than just up front. It's a tough one to call. I think Villarreal will be... You kind of have to choose your poison, don't you? Mm. I remember this was something that Unai Emery did. My mind's kind of cast back to. This was his second season in charge of Arsenal, start of it. Uh, And he basically picked his poison. You know, this was uh, the front three. Um, Firmino kind of at the peak of his powers. Liverpool go on to win the title that year, if I remember correctly. And what he did was just pack the midfield, everything he could. You know, I think man-marked with midfielders as well, Salah and Mane, and just left Robertson and Alexander-Arnold to their own devices, left them to do whatever they want. Now, maybe at that stage, they weren't quite considered as devastating as as they now are. But I think you you do end up having to do things like just say, who are we going to let beat us? I can see a world where he says, you know, if Alexander-Arnold and Robertson are crossing into the box, at least we have players that can fight in the air. That's tough because like Liverpool have Jota and Firmino and, and Salah. They have people that are strong in the air. But I think you kind of, if you're VRL, you have to say, where are we willing to gamble on, on losing this game? And then you play. You're right that, you know, Danny Parejo is fantastic. Can he launch counters? Can we get Dan Juma in behind with rapid, really quick, long ball football? Let's hit that space in behind the fullbacks with Dan Juma, with Jeremy Pino. And um, is Moreno available? Like those sorts of those sorts of players. I think that's what you have to do. And But really what you're doing as well is is keeping your fingers crossed. And there's yeah. no problem, you know, no shame in that. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, well, I mean, you know, from a history perspective, you know, as we mentioned, by the way, they have faced each other before, Una Emery and Jurgen Klopp, obviously Una Emery winning with Sevilla, but this is a different situation. We will see what happens. Let's get this final predictions here in this game, in this first leg at the very least. You said we would hear a lot of two nails. Are you going with that again? Yeah, I'm going with that. Both goals in the second half. Yes, I am going to go with a 3-1 victory for Liverpool. I think Villarreal will get one. I'm not so sure about that, but I'll just give it to them for the sake of it. But Liverpool <laughs> are just too strong, too good, too confident, and momentum is in their side at this point, I feel. It's, it's too much for them. All right, well, let's uh, take a break, everybody. When we come back, James Bench and yours truly will discuss Europa League, Europa Conference League, Final thoughts, and that will be it. Fantastic week of European action. James Mangel and me, Kigo Lasso. We'll be right back. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. 
Welcome back, everybody. The Europa League. God, oh, never ceases to amaze me. Unbelievable. And it's West Ham against Eintracht Frankfurt and Leipzig against Rangers. Unbelievable. All right. Well, listen, James, we're not going to dive that deep in every game because we still got a few other uh, things to discuss, including the Conference League, of course, Leicester in it against Roma, Feyenoord, Marseille, etc. But West Ham and Frankfurt, they've been matched up for the second time in European competition with West Ham previously eliminating the Germans at the semi-final stage of the Cup Winners' Cup back in the mid-70s, 75-76. West Ham looking to do some glory. And you're going to be there as well, right, uh, James Bench? I would not want to miss it for the world. It's this going to be ridiculous. This stadium, which was, you know, a joke, considered a joke and uh, uh, something of an embarrassment to West Ham fans, has, on European nights has become a cauldron what an intimidate you know they intimidated severe like at the london stadium the one with the running track <laughs> one is, of the best atmospheres of the season like that, that game it was one unbelievable of the best atmospheres of any football game i've ever been at like yeah i mean obviously i only go to football in england and we're all <laughs> two middle class i get your point though it, but, it was it was ridiculous it was phenomenal and there is just there is just the sense of something really special is happening with West Ham and this competition. It is really rare, I think, for England to send a team to the Europa League that wants to be there and is good enough to actually make an impact. I think you could maybe argue that Leicester and Wolves have, have done that a little bit. It's We're a far cry from, from the days where Tony Pulis and Martin O'Neill were, were, were naming B teams. Um, this is a, a really united... I mean, United team and United fan base. And I think it's really notable as well that West Ham have been desperate to avoid the mistakes Barcelona made about letting Frankfurt fans in. And, you know, you speak to supporters that are like, we're going to keep a, a, a very close eye on this. And West Ham threatening to withdraw the season tickets of anyone that kind of sells their uh, sells their ticket to a Frankfurt fan. I think that kind of shows how how seriously they're taking this, how much value the atmosphere can have and got to try and win it in the first leg. Yeah. There's a South American feel to that narrative right now. It's like, look, look, there's there's a limit of how many we're going to allow you to come in by the way. And, and rightly so Eintracht Frankfurt out of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, because if you're a Bundesliga fan, you know how good these teams can be. And from a tactical perspective, Frankfurt got it spot on against Barcelona and Rafa Borre, the Colombian striker up front, I mean, you know, just leading the way for this team, this very smart, very well-managed team. So very quickly here, you know, because it's very important for West Ham as well, the likes of Declan Rice attracting reports, of course, of what his future is, but winning this Europa League, I don't want to get too carried away. I don't want to say you're going, but if West Ham win it, obviously it's the pathway to the Champions League, James Bench, and that's massive for the future of this club. And of course, key players like Declan Rice. Oh, yeah. Huge. I think, you know, the ideal and look, West Ham aren't going to sell uh, Declan Rice unless someone gives them the sort of money that they could never, ever reject. Yeah. 150 million is yeah. what we're talking. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's that, that's up to them. But, you, you know, yeah, it, it would hugely boost the trajectory of this club and, and the players they can get. And you look at January where Darwin Nunez wasn't kind of really willing to push for a move. I suppose the only thing I would say as well is, and this is the other thing to, to emphasize about West Ham. Yes, it would be 
phenomenal for them to get into the Champions League and a dream for their supporters who kind of were promised this when they moved stadiums. But I think actually, again, unlike when Arsenal or Man United are in this competition, actually it wouldn't be about, well, we've got into the Champions League through qualifying. Like it's actually about lifting the trophy for them. And I think that's kind of what makes them an even tougher opponent in this competition. Yeah, there's a romantic about just, you know, seeing a club like West Ham go this far. And equally, of course, uh, you know, the Leipzig and Rangers matchup, which should be quite an intriguing one as Leipzig host Rangers. I mean, the scenes at the Ibrox, by the way, I knew that they were going to be the 12th man. Unbelievable thing to get here. But is this is this it for Bank Bronkhorst, do you think? Or could they do it against Leipzig, who, by the way, began this season in the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, Leipzig, and and they have been, I know they lost at, at the weekend at Union Berlin, but they have been in, in phenomenal form of late. And I think Domenico Tedesco is just a better fit as a manager. Maybe the the one thing you kind of say is, hey, like by Christopher Nkunku's standards, he's gone three games without a goal. Like, is this, is this, no, I don't think, I think that's the... <laughs> That's the is sort it a of... continuation or is it is this rot about to be stopped now? This yeah, season? I just think I just think player for player, in the end, Leipzig kind of they edge they edge this, or they don't even edge it. They I think actually being at home, they might even win fairly comfortably. It's they're just a really good good squad of footballers, you know. And Kunku's the one that that captures the headlines, but it's a settled team that's that's been going for years, and you. You know, you run down that side. There's there's quality all over it. So, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I I'm sure people. Tight, I guess got to keep yeah, it tight exactly. and make sure that at the Ibrox, you never know what could happen. But as yeah. long as you keep it tight, it could happen. But you know, will we see an old British final or an old German final? Talk to me, James Bench. Give me predictions on this first leg. Just this first leg: West Ham, Frankfurt. Um. 2-0 West Ham Again. against Frankfurt. Again, yeah. <laughs> Frankfurt are too smart for that. I, I, I'll give... Uh, I'm. Oh, this is hard, man. All right, I'm going to give it a 2-1 win to West Ham. Okay, and what about uh, Leipzig Rangers? 3-1, which is basically 2-0, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically. I, I, I think, yeah, I think Leipzig will, will be... And like you say, I'm sure they'll be smart enough to know you need this game to be over before the, before the second leg because Ibrox is going to be a tough place to go. Correct. I'm going with 3-1 as well. Our very quickly, Europa Conference League as well. By the way, you know, we many, including myself, were kind of uh, belittling is the wrong word, but kind of sort of uh, snobbing ourselves about, you know, this uh, new competition. But it has proven to be very, uh, not just uh, profitable for these clubs that continue to be in the tournament, but watchable as well. has been some good action. And now you have Leicester City against Jose Mourinho's Roma and Feyenoord against Marseille, which to me, as a neutral, I mean that sounds so sexy. Uh, what well, any thoughts on these two games? I guess the only thing I would say is, I'd, and it's hard to know. I mean, UEFA spoke about this as like we want clubs from smaller leagues to really get a run and a crack at winning silverware. Well, it's not quite <laughs> it's like not that, has it? It's more been smaller clubs or clubs mid table ish. Uh, yeah, you know who are doing some good work in this competition. Yeah, true. I I don't see any small teams from small countries here. (laughs) But then it's amazing to sort of hear the the stories and the excitement about this. I mean, Leicester, and we we could say the same about West Ham, they pretty much, I suspect they'll give up the ghost on the Premier League, you know. Um, I don't think they'll name a strong team against Tottenham. It's all in on this. 
Um, our colleague Francesco Pozio was telling me that in Rome there was a he said, I think I thought he said a hundred thousand. I might be misquoting him, but anyway, huge numbers of people queuing up to get their tickets for Roma against Leicester. Mm. By all accounts, this this campaign has been fantastic for Marseille as well. Great, it, it's great fun to almost just have another group of four teams having a, a great time. And yeah, overall, as much as I, you know, as I said, it, it maybe hasn't led to a, a deep run from a, a team from a nor although you know we had a Norwegian team in the quarterfinals, but you know it hasn't had a a winner from outside one of the big leagues it's it seems like something that the that teams have got really behind just looking at that Leicester Roma tie which I think is probably where the winner would come from big for Leicester that Fafana and Evans are, are starting to get game time again and obviously Jamie Vardy was back at the weekend I think if they're willing to play a bit more counter-attacking football than Rogers has been going for of late. They might have joy. That's how Inter really hit Roma. Now, those counter-attacks were phenomenal. But if you're willing to play that way and unleash Jamie Vardy over the top, you've got a, a really good chance. The other tie, fine order, a strong team have done really well in this competition. But Marseille have been excellent across the board. I I, I fancy them to, to win that one. Yeah, it's going to be an intriguing one. Uh, Feyenoord, of course, third in Eredivisie, but Marseille, to your point, doing some good things in this competition. So all in all, should be a, a great, great set of semifinals across the board. Conference League, Europa League, and of course, the Champions League. Fantastic stuff, James Bench. Make sure that you follow his content on Twitter at James Bench and read everything, all the reports coming up. And of course, Watch him on HQ and listen to him as well and watch him on Go Lasso a lot. It's a busy week for you, James Bench. Uh, I was telling you before taping, make sure you hydrate. And that has a double entendre, by the way. Just hydrate in both ways. So take care of yourself during this week, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Louis. I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> James Bench, LME, that's been our Champions League, Europa League, Conference League preview for the semi-finals which by the way all on paramount plus and cbs sports make sure to follow james and all our content on cbsports.com kegolasso youtube.com as well forward slash kegolasso as well kegolasso pod on twitter so much more to come from us including the recaps as well of the champions league and much much more james Mench, lme kegolasso have a great beginning to your week and enjoy this european festival of entertainment see you next time Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.